0: So a funny thing happened to me on the way to the pulpit yesterday. <laughs> I went for my notes and they weren't there. I couldn't find them. I, I think I shredded them on Friday when I cleaned my desk off. <laughs> so I ended up writing a whole new homily about two hours before Mass last night. Uh, and I've changed it twice already and i only preached it twice. So <laughs> so here's my best shot of the Feast of the Transfiguration. You know, this is, an, this is a great feast for us. Um... You know, the last Mass, prior to Mass, uh, you know, Joey, that has been serving here forever, um, Joey was in the sacristy with me, and, and I said to him, uh, he said, why are we celebrating Transfiguration? And I said, "It's because it's always August the 6th. Well, what does it mean? I said, it's where Jesus is going to show everybody his glory. He's not going to add anything to himself. He's not going to take anything away from himself. But he's going to show us all that he is God from God, light from light, and that he can do all things for us. And he turned around and he looked at me and he said, sort of like in his birthday and when the wise men came. I said, exactly. It's exactly what it is. It's over and over. We see Christ revealing himself to us. We see Christ sh- saying to us, look who I am. I'm not kidding you. I am who I am. I am the one who is to come. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I'm the gate. I'm the sheep. I'm the, I'm the shepherd. I'm all. He just kept saying it to us over and over. And in the past few weeks, we've been listening to the scriptures that have been saying, if you have ears, hear it. And Paul reminds us, use our eyes of faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. That we have to find Christ in our midst. And where do we find Christ a lot in the scriptures? And where do we find great things happening with God in the scriptures? On the mountain. And most of us are probably basking in the last couple of months where we've had the opportunity to maybe go to the shore. Or maybe that's planned before Labor Day comes and we have to go back to our regular routines again. You know, I always think about, you know, great things happen in, in the mountains. God's promises were fulfilled from the mountains. But where did they go after they got all the work done? They all went to the shore, just like we do. <laughs> they all went to the shore. Uh, and, and, and more things happen. But we think about, you know, I, one of the things I thought of immediately yesterday was, was this. Uh, from the prophet Isaiah, these words are, are said, on this mountain the Lord of hosts will provide for all peoples. On this mountain, he will destroy the veil that veils all peoples. And it ends with these words, on that day, it will be said, behold our God to whom we looked to save us. This is the Lord for whom we looked. Let us rejoice and be glad that he has saved us. That is so prophetic of this transfiguration. That God himself reveals himself to us. He takes away that veil that doesn't allow us to see him. And he shows it to us so gloriously in Jesus Christ through the radiance of his, of his appearance that becomes, as the scriptures say, uh, he becomes white as light. It just shines forth for us. The Feast of the Transfiguration actually is a little bit out of place in the church calendar. If we look at the chronological happening of, the, of Christ's life, this feast actually happens 40 days before the crucifixion. And we know that that's a little further away than 40 days. But what's happening in this, in this whole thing is that it, is this prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled. First off, God is showing himself to us again. This is the God who comes to save us, John the shades of John the Baptist. Here comes the one who's, who is to save us. Here's the one, the, the, the Messiah, whose shoes I'm not worthy to tie or untie. You know, uh, and, and who's there with him? Moses and Elijah, everyone, and everyone, Peter, James, and John, every disciple, every good Jew that was, or was walking with Jesus on this journey knew that two things were going to happen when the Messiah appeared. Number one, Moses was going to be there. Moses, the sinful person who kills his fellow Egyptian and then runs to the mountains and hides. Lord, where can I run from your love? If I go to the highest mountains, you'll find me. If I'm just laying around in bed, you'll find me. So Moses is there, Moses, who's chosen by God in his sinfulness to lead his people to freedom, to lead his people to the promised land where they will find the promised Messiah. And Elijah, who to this very day by our Jewish brothers and sisters, is, they wait for him, they keep a seat open at their tables for him, because when Elijah appears, he is going to do what John the Baptist did. He's going to point out the Messiah. And so the law and the prophets are fulfilled. What does Jesus say to us? I'd not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. The law and the prophets are fulfilled in in their hearing. And why Peter, James, and John and not all of them? Because again, back into the Levitical laws, if you want to prove something true, you need three witnesses. And there they are, Peter, James, and John. Now, these are the disciples that, They get excited about this. Peter says, let's keep this going for a while. Let us, you know, erect three tents so that you can stay around for a a while. But remember, like us, what did those disciples do? They got all excited about the presence of Jesus and then they abandoned him later. You know, within 40 days, they're all dispersing. The crucifixion's happening. They're running from one place to another. Those poor disciples on the way to Emmaus have to turn around and go back. Everything's happening in, in, in this, in this it, it's just unveiling itself to us. These are the disciples. Peter's going to say to everybody, weren't you with him? No, I don't know him. And Three times later, he's going to say, yep, I love him, I love him, I love him. You know, it's a, lot of, a lot of things that we do, you know, what, what do we say? Where, Lord, where can we go? Do you want to leave me? He says, Jesus says to his disciples, do you want to leave me? He says that to us. Do you want to leave? Do you want to go somewhere else? Do you want, to, you want to just abandon it all? And they say, no, where would we go? You have the words of everlasting life. That's what brings us back. We know that at this place we're going to find everlasting life. We know that in, in this time, midst our difficulties and struggles, God is going to be here to answer us. And so we come. We come. So these mountains are playing for us a great role. All these mounts, that, that they help us because it's a struggle to get to the top. I mean, if we climbed Mount Everest, we'd tell everybody. It's a struggle to get there, but we'd want everyone to know. And it's there that they encounter God who, who makes great things happen. People are changed for the better. Nations are saved. God's promises are fulfilled. And those mountains, let's think about those mountains that are so important to Scripture. Mount Sinai, right after Moses leads, starts to lead the people away from their slavery in Egypt, God sends them to Mount Sinai. And while they're at Mount Sinai, God gives the Ten Commandments, which we still adhere to this day. We can go to Mount Carmel, where Elijah confronts the prophets of Baal and proves that God is God and God alone is the true God. We go to the Mount of Olives with Jesus, who goes there to pray before his crucifixion and then chooses to go back there for his ascension. We go to Zion, often referred to as the footstool of God, where God puts his feet and rests. The Mount of Tabor, which we hear of today, where Christ is transfigured. The Mount of Nebo, where Moses is shown the promised land. Moses is told, you can't go into the promised land because of your disobedience, but you can see it from here. And then the Mount of Moriah, where Abraham is to sacrifice Isaac and Solomon builds a temple. The Mount of Gerizim, where the Israelites stop to to proclaim the goodness of God before they enter that promised land. The mount, the mount of Ararat, where Noah and the ark settle after the floodwaters subside. The Mount of Beatitudes, where Jesus preaches to us the Sermon on the Mount. And the Mount of Calvary, where he's lifted high. When I am lifted up, all will be saved, all will come to me. We struggle. We struggle. We find difficulties in our own life. We come to the mountain. And let me be, be uh, a little bit bold in, in making a statement here. I want you, all the original people of this parish, to think where this place was to be built. This church was not to be built on this property, it was to be built somewhere else, but the zoning board rejected it. And so they got this property. And where is it? Mount Allen. <laughs> Another Mount maybe Divine Providence, maybe Sheer Luck by Father Minetti, <laughs> but Mount Allen, where we come to the mountain of the Lord. This is the mountain of the Lord. This altar takes us as high as we can get into the presence of God. And at Eucharistic prayer, number one, we say, let your holy angel carry these gifts from this altar to your altar and high so that all of us here who are participating in this can come to share in your, in your glory, in your kingdom so we come to this mount week after week, day after day, and we come with our difficulties and our personal issues and our national issues, our physical issues, our spiritual doubts. And like the psalmist in Psalm 121, when, when they ask us, where do you get your help? We say it comes from the mountain of the Lord. It comes from the altar, the table of God. And so here we are again. Once again, invited to the mountain of the Lord, to the Mount of Allen, but to bring those difficulties and struggles, to bring our issues and our thanksgivings and gratitudes and come here to follow God, to meet the Lord when he comes to save us, to share in the radiance of his glory and allow that radiance to come through us as we serve him. We who want him deeply in our souls, say with, the, with Peter today, Lord, it is good. It is good that we have come here.